Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. KFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. And I am here for you to be with you. For the next two hours, so sit tight, because we have a lot of stuff coming up on the show. Uh, How was your Valentine's Day, by the way? So, if your Valentine's Day wasn't great, or as I like to call it, Single Awareness Day, um, you can call me later in the show, okay? The doctor is in. We're going to open up the phone lines in the next hour, and for our Should I Stay or Should I Go segment. Uh, We also... Have some, you know, I, I love to talk about our mental health. For those of us who are relatively high functioning, we still can use tune-ups in different ways in different times. So I'm going to talk about our sense of time and how we can hack it to slow our lives down. Uh, how there are certain thoughts and thought patterns that can actually damage your DNA. And I've got some tips for how to train yourself to be more optimistic I need to hear that today, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Oh, by the way, there's a new study on the beer goggle effect. It's real. I'll explain it when we come back. And also another study on how women are not attracted to men who are easy. I go, duh, like somebody spent money on a study for that? Well, I'll explain how they did the study, which was kind of interesting. Um, And for your relationship, I've got some hacks to help you feel closer to each other. But first... But first, don't we always say, I came from TV news, but first, we do the tease, but first, Um, I want to tell you about my week. I hope yours was okay. I, if you have been following me online, you know that I've been doing a humility challenge, a 30-day humility challenge, not necessarily in consecutive 30 days, because some days I just fall asleep dead tired in bed, and I'm like, oh, I didn't do a post. I'm too tired to think about what I've done wrong in my life today. Um, But what, it's in response to the fact that I have teenage girls in my house. I have one teenager that's mine and a German exchange student. And between the the two of them, there's usually six teenagers on Saturday mornings at my breakfast table. I've learned a lot about the secret lives of the American teen through these girls. But anyway, um, I notice how addicted they are to social media and those filters and how they're finding mirrors everywhere they go. They're so way more, I believe, than I ever was at that age, hyper obsessed with their looks. And I thought, you know, The thing that social media does is it filters out the sadness. It filters out the authenticity. It filters out reality. So I decided to do a hashtag humility challenge. Anyone's welcome to join me where I am just real showing everything about me that's real and klutzy and stupid. So you can follow me everywhere on social media at Dr. Wendy Walsh. That's at Dr. Wendy Walsh. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, And this week, my very human post is just a picture of a sign from a radiology department at a hospital. Now, get this. I was at, as you know, and if you don't have your tickets yet, you better get them. I am on the planning committee for the Tastes of St. Joseph Food and Wine Fair coming up 
Thursday, February 27th. It's going to be here before you know it, and it's going to sell out. So you better go to Eventbrite right now. Taste of St. Joseph Center. See, I threw in a commercial. You barely noticed it, right? Uh, anyway, I was at the planning committee meeting where we were talking about the swag bag, which I'm responsible for organizing and getting donations for. And after the meeting, I had to go pick up my daughter to get her to her brand new job at Super Sports in Manhattan Beach. And I'm coming down the stairs. It's outside of the St. Joseph Center near their culinary training program where they train formerly homeless and low-income people to get jobs in professional kitchens. And I'm in high heels. I look very chic and beautiful. And I, my toe catches this concrete edge of the stair. And don't I do a full-on tumble? I mean, I flippin' fell down those stairs. Like... Hollywood stunt person style. And I land at the bottom on my hands and knees. And you know, my first thought, right? Isn't, am I broken? My first thought is, who saw? Right? Because <laughs> we're all like, and so one guy comes around and he's like, are you okay? And the next thing you know, the doors open to the culinary training program and all the people in white chef's vests come out and they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And of course I have to save face. And I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. But you know, when you're in shock, when something first happens, you really don't feel any pain. So I kind of shook it off and I limped in my car and I got to the car. I drove like three blocks. I'm heading down Abbot Kinney and I look down at my left foot and I cannot believe what I see. It was like someone just implanted a giant softball under the skin of my foot. Brooke, did I send you that picture? I didn't post online. That'd be terrible. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> And, and she's so, not joking, folks. It was insane. It was insane. Like, why do I have the ability to bring all that? I teach health psychology. I should know what happens with trauma, right? The fluid shows up. The blood shows up. The cortisol shows up. Everybody shows up to the scene of the crime to figure out how they can heal, right? So I have this decision to make. I'm by myself. It's the afternoon. I can always put my kid in an Uber and get her to her work. Should I go to the hospital and have it x-rayed? Because it's Thursday. We're heading into a long weekend. I'm like, what if it's broken? So I drive myself, because it's my left foot, thank goodness, drive myself to Marina Del Rey Hospital, which is now Cedars. And uh, I just say to the poor guy at the parking, can you get me a wheelchair? I can't even put any weight on it. Takes me in. The nurses shake their head. Oh, that's got to be broken. That's got to be broken. So the best news of the day, I came out of that x-ray department with a foot intact, not broken. Just one heck of a hematoma that's the size of a softball. And you know what I did, being the kind of woman I am? I put some ice on rice, remember, rest, ice, compression, elevation. And that next day, I took some Advil to reduce inflammation, and I stuffed it into a sneaker, and I went on with my life because I will not let myself slow down. Uh, so, yeah, that was my week. You can log on. I didn't, I didn't show you the picture of my foot, but there are other things of my silly... Human things that happen. Uh, I also want to tell you about a place I went to yesterday. And you should know that when I mention anything on the radio, no one ever paid me to say it, right? Unless it's a commercial. But, you know, if I'm just saying I went here or did this, and in fact, I can't accept free tickets, nothing. So don't even try. You send me those little messages about free tickets. Nope, can't. So if I like something, I actually really like it. Uh, Flutter Experience on La Brea. It is a permanent installation. It's a modern uh, art museum that's interactive. Teenagers, millennials, you guys are going to really jive on. It's like so Instagram friendly. In fact, go on my Instagram at Dr. Wendy Walsh and see Flutter Experience. We spent a few hours there yesterday. I had four teenagers with me and a friend, and we just had a ball actually 
touching, creating, being part of the art, making movies with crazy paint on her face, and Velcro art on the walls. It was really starts with a meditation. It's all sensory. Some some are sound art, some are smell art, some are just meditation, and some are crazy. Anyway, I highly recommend Flutter Experience if you haven't been there. All right. And last but not least, I spent the last few weeks working on, few few days, working on an online program for my school. I teach at Cal State Channel Islands. And I learned so much about teaching that I knew intuitively that teaching is about relationships. And it's not about being a sage from the stage. It's not about telling students things. It's about getting to know students, knowing that they have all the history of the human species in their brains. And being a good teacher is about asking the right questions to bring it out. Um, It's made me be more thoughtful about planning my courses. You students of mine, you just wait. I'm coming back to school tomorrow. It's going to be wild. Um, But one of the things that I thought about as I was reflecting on the teaching is that Everything in life is about relationships, relationships to each other, relationships to ourselves. And in the next segment, I want to talk about our relationship to time. Because I don't know about you, but it's really bothered me lately that time is going so fast. Just at the stage where I'm loving life so much, it is going by at hyperspeed. So I want to talk to you about why it's doing that. And what we can do to change our perception of time, to slow it down a little bit. Hacks to slow our sense of time when we come back. Stay with me. We've got two fun-filled hours ahead. You are listening to The Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. By AM 640, you have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. Thank you for being with me. It is my honor to be here with you for a couple hours every Sunday. I want to talk about our sense of time. Do you remember when we were kids, how long you had to wait for summer vacation to come? How long you had to wait for your birthday to come? Or maybe it was the other holidays you were waiting for. It just felt like everything took forever. And now, if you're like me, you blink and the week's gone by. You blink twice and a month went by. And you're like, where is time going? Well, let me explain. First of all, our perception of time is based on the percentage of the amount of time we've actually been on the planet. So if you're a parent of a baby and you leave a tiny baby for a weekend and they're eight weeks old, then you left them for an you know, almost an eighth of their life. That's terrible math, but you know what I mean. You left them for a big chunk of their life. That's why you don't leave children. They need to have secure attachments, right? And so as we get older, though, time speeds up because it's based on the ratio between the number of days we've spent on the planet and the number of days that went by this week. It goes very, very fast. But there's something else, and it's technology. It's the fact that we're not really present that often. We're living in the shallows of our brain. We've almost created a kind of learned attention deficit disorder, grabbing our phone. I do it too, screening through stuff really quickly all the time. 
looking for links to click through. Where's the link? Where's the link? Can I click? Is that picture clickable? Is a video? They have a video, right? Your brain is constantly looking. So it's partly that, that we're just not present. And we're not present enough in our relationships, too. That's stopping to just be there with somebody. So I want to go over some basically psychological hacks that you can use to not only slow down time, but to bring more peace in your life, right? The first one is simply wait more. Learn to wait and schedule in waits, just like we did as kids. Did you know there's research to show that planning a vacation and waiting for a vacation actually brings more happiness than going on a vacation? Yeah. Sometimes if I'm just feeling totally stressed, I go up on my little roof deck and I open a travel and leisure magazine and I honest with a cup of tea and I sit there and read about all the places I'd like to go someday. And by the time I finish the magazine, my brain has gone there. And I feel rested and so much better. I'm actually planning a mini vacation to Maui in April. A dear friend of mine has kindly lent me his house to take some teenagers. And uh, I am so like, you know, when I have nothing to do, I'm like looking at hiking trails on Maui, wondering where the waterfalls are that I can get to. It's like I'm living the vacation before I get there. So wait, 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 wait is important. Did you know you can also slow down time just by tracking it? becoming more aware of it. Here's a, here's a little exercise for you. Set your daily alarm to go off every hour. And every hour, stop, pause, take a deep breath, and just think about what you've done in the hour since the last alarm. That alone can make you more mindful and more present. Also, you know, creativity comes from boredom. Spending some time being bored, and we don't allow ourselves to feel bored. Oh, no, 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 no. We grab that little box and we start scrolling. And actually, even if all you do is do it for 15 minutes a week to just literally do nothing. Remember the days when you just sit and look out the window, see who was going by, who was walking their dog, what birds were in the trees? We did that. As we were bored, we let ourselves be bored, and we looked at the world around us. Make ourselves do that, and you will stretch out time. Okay, I have a few more tips and tricks for you, and also um, how to train yourself to be more optimistic and thoughts that you shouldn't have, because they could actually damage your DNA when we come back. You're listening to The Dr. Wendy Wells Show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. KFI AM640, you have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. Later in the show, remember, I'm going to be taking your calls for our my infamous Should I Stay or Should I Go segment. I'll be giving out the phone number in a couple more segments. So um, if you have questions, you know, maybe your Valentine's Day wasn't uh, what you expected and you're sitting on the fence and maybe I can help 
put it into perspective for you. Um, all right, let's talk more about how. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We can learn to slow down time and trick our brains. I mentioned keeping track of the time so you're aware that you're wasting it staring at screens. Uh, getting a little bored so you can be more creative. Another thing is stop putting off the things you don't want to do till the very end and then you're out of time. And you're out of time and having to do something you don't want to do. How about doing all the icky stuff first? And then you seem to have so much time left over to do the good stuff, the fun stuff. Here's something else that's interesting. Time goes by fast when we don't have a lot of variety of emotions in our life. I know some of you are like, wait, I have enough roller coasters in my life, Dr. Wendy. I don't need you to tell me how to add them. I will say, though, that we live a pretty luxurious, privileged life here in America, and human beings evolved to be constantly solving problems, constantly trying to fight for survival in some way. And this isn't to diminish those of you who live with that struggle every single day, the fear about having enough money or enough food on the table for your families. But for so many other people, they live in a state of consumerism and boredom. Always looking for the next streaming show because they're in, God forbid, a show hole, right? Or looking for something to keep them excited. Well, if you just stop and do a couple things, one is feel the awe, feel the awe over small things. Did you know that there were researchers in 2012 found that when people felt small in the face of something enormous, something vast, They felt like they had more time, and it also made them more likely to spend their time helping others. If you want to get a quick rush of awe, spend some time in nature. Go hiking on President's Day tomorrow if you have the day off. Stare at images of nature. Look up and see those tall trees or buildings or stars hovering over you. Just remember how very tiny you are and what a short period of time you're actually going to be here in the Earth's life. And in a crazy way, that makes everything stop, like it just doesn't matter. Finally, reminisce more. Think about the good days. Think about the good times. You know, that's one trick that helps lovers stay in love. Long-term, monogamous, married, happy couples, you know, those strange unicorns. Uh, when When they research what are the things that help keep them together, they always talk about how They go back to remembering about their first date or their wedding or their honeymoon or when their first child was born. And they talk about the good old days. That makes us have greater feelings of well-being, but it also helps slow down time. It slows it down. All right. Speaking of our thoughts, you know, one of the classes I teach at Cal State Channel Islands is psychology of health counseling. And we spend a lot of time talking about stress, stressors, and coping with stress. Because when we talk about health, we no longer just talk about the biological piece. 
We talk about the social piece and the psychological piece. And yes, believe it or not, thoughts can actually change your DNA. You know, there's research to show that, uh, I'm sorry, distressed, you know, mice that were put under a lot of stress when they were pregnant. Um, Often their children are born okay, but the next generation is filled with all kinds of anxiety and mental health problems, right? So what we do know is that having stress changes our DNA for the next generation, but not only for the next generation, for us in this life as well. I was out with some friends at a comedy club the other night, uh, two girlfriends, and I said, what's your daughter studying? And she said, epidemiology. And the other one said, what's that? And she said, the study of diseases. And I said, well, actually, the study of how our environment interacts with our biology to create diseases, right? So um, there is a new book out called The Telomere Effect, A Revolutionary Approach to Living Younger, Healthier, and Longer. And this book is written by Nobel Prize scientist Elizabeth Blackburn. And in it, she talks about the aging of our telomeres, right? The part of our DNA, the little tips of our DNA, right? And so, you know, we, we always will say to people all the time, like, oh, you're, you're, you have worry lines, right? So it really does change our skin, for instance, if we're just talking about the visual. But it's also changing things on the inside. So what are the thought patterns that actually lead to premature aging and a truncated lifespan? Let's start with the big one, cynical hostility. If you blame everyone else for your problems, if you're blaming the world for your problems, if you have many, many thoughts that people just can't be trusted and you're angered by people that are in your way and ruining your life, you are hurting yourself. My favorite saying is resentment is like drinking poison and hoping somebody else will die. That's what cynicism is. That's what hostility is. Next, it's close cousin, pessimism. The tendency to always look at the negative side of life. And in fact, Martin Seligman, um, once president of the APA, American Psychological Association, wrote a book on positive psychology, has started a whole movement in the last 20 or 30 years on the positive psychology because there is such a thing as learned optimism. Just reframing a situation. Like, for instance, when I fell down the stairs on Thursday and ended up in the emergency room, I kept saying to the staff as I was waiting for the x-rays to come back, Well, where's the silver lining, folks? How is this a great day for me? And I think the radiologist said, "Uh, you might get a handicapped parking pass. And I was like, oh, that could be cool. (laughs) But then when I found out my foot actually wasn't broken and it was a bunch of soft tissue damage, instead I reframed it in not like I'd lost a couple hours at an emergency room that was wasted. No, no, no. Look how strong my bones are. Look how strong my bones are. I immediately did in my head the touchdown cheer. Like, how cool. I don't have bone loss. I've been drinking my milk, taking my calcium. It's all good. That's called learned optimism. All right, another thought process that people do that causes premature aging and disease is rumination. Women do it more often than men. That's rehashing your worries over and over and over with those shoulda, woulda, coulda scenarios, right? You know when you're doing that, your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, and you get increased levels of cortisol. So you have to not ruminate. You have to go, you know what? I'm going to put it in this little pocket. 
And that's it. Okay, how about thought suppression? Now, when I say put something in a, a pocket, I don't mean suppress it and say, I'm not going to think about this. I'm not going to think about this. this oh, don't push away those unwanted thoughts. Filter them through your prefrontal cortex. Make a scenario that ends up great and release it to the world. Don't do repression and denial. Simply go, ha, huh, that bad thing happened, ate a couple hours of my life, but all these other good things are happening because of it. And this is what life is. And now I must move on, right? That's how you need to think. All righty. When we come back, I've got more tips for I'm on a, a hell bent on making you guys all optimists today. I took a pessimist optimist test online today and I didn't even score so optimistic, which was so maybe I'm talking to myself today how to train yourself to be more optimistic when we come back. And then I want to take your calls. I want to know we're going to get on to relationships. Should you stay or should you go? You're listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh show live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app on KFI AM 640. Oh, help me, please, doctor. I'm damaged. There's a pain where there once was a heart. KFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. You know, when you have a PhD in clinical psychology, people always say to me, like, are you analyzing me? And the truth is, Therapists turn off their ears when they're at social situations, when they're out in the world. But the one person I'm constantly analyzing is myself. And I was just looking at this rundown. I'm like, okay, so first it's like my week and my humility challenge. And then is the time going by too fast? Thoughts that are damaging your DNA, how to train yourself to be optimistic. I'm like, oh, I must be going through a depression. I must not know it. I, my unconscious has provided this material. Funnily enough, when I woke my teenage daughter up before I came to work at one this afternoon, it's they stay up all night watching their stuff. That's what they do. Um, she's like, oh, you're leaving. I didn't get to see you. And I'm feeling kind of sad. And I wish you were around. And she's got an excuse because they have hormones and PMS and it's all normal for her. And I was like, I know I'm feeling a bit down. And then I said that thing that moms say all the time. You know, honey, you have to have the down times. So you'll recognize the good times. I gave her a hug and she's like, what? I go, otherwise life would just fly by and you'd be bored. So whenever you're not feeling happy, you can just wait. Just wait. You don't have to do anything about it. And it'll change. It does. A friend of mine who's a life coach uses the, or a sports coach actually, uses the example of an elevator. He's like, the elevator sometimes just goes down to the bottom floor. If you hit a bunch of buttons and go crazy and mess with the doors and try to run out or run in and find some stairs, you will create anxiety. If you just wait, take a deep breath, the elevator will rise again. And the same goes with our moods for most of us. I mean, obviously, there are clinical conditions that some people suffer from. But for the rest of us, uh, you know, relatively neurotypical people, <laughs> how many of those are there in the world? Like four? The more I get to know the differences in human beings and the different Differences in our brain physiology and our different ways of thinking. I'm like, so what's actually normal? Which is nobody, right? We all are just individual people. All right. Let us talk a little bit, though, about ways that we can learn to be more optimistic. Um, now, I, I want to make something really clear. An optimist isn't somebody who's happy all the time. We have this idea that an optimistic person is somebody who is like 
fake happy all the time or really happy. And you're like, how is that possible? Right. Um, while being an optimist can help grow happiness at different times. Uh, and sometimes people will say, well, they're the ones who can only see the silver lining. They can always find a positive in this one. Right. But that may not be true either. When you're a positive thinker, it doesn't mean that you ignore life stressors. It just means that you approach hardship in a different way. It means that you approach hardship in a productive way. You look at every hardship as a problem to be solved, and you try to think about a way to solve it. You know, so no matter what you're going through, uh, unconsciously or hopefully consciously, you're asking the question, what can I do to fix this so I'm not in this kind of emotional pain? And if there's nothing you can do, then the next question is, what can I do to just take care of my emotional needs in order to create a buffer from this stressor? If there's, so let's say example, let's say you have a job that you're not happy in and let's say you don't like your boss and that doesn't happen anywhere here at iHeartRadio, of course, but you know, out there in the world that I read about. And so maybe you say, ah, oh, you know, should I spend my time getting a new job? Or, mm, you know, I like the paycheck. I don't want the work of having to start over. Well, then you're going to have to work on monitoring your feelings and how you react to that boss, right? So that's the only difference between an optimist. When we talk about somebody being a glass half full or a glass half empty, it's somebody who is more of a problem solver than others. Uh, what we do know is that positive moods are associated with more left brain activity while negative moods and emotions tend to fire up the right side of the brain. So the left brain is associated with language. It's associated with math and logic. That's one of the reasons why journaling, when you're feeling emotionally stressed, can help so much because you're processing it through that left brain and you're connecting it with language. Okay, so I said I would tell you how to train yourself to be more optimistic if you're not one of those. You can take one of these optimist-pessimist tests online, by the way. They're everywhere. And I took it, and I turned out to be moderately pessimistic and moderately optimistic. What the Doesn't that just depend on the day? Exactly. <laughs> and if you've been taking your probiotics and not drinking alcohol. Alcohol is a depressant, folks. Yeah. There's always, even if you just go out and have a couple glasses of wine and laugh with your friends, be prepared that the next morning you're going to be in a pissy mood a little bit. You are. Everybody is because there's a little withdrawal, even from a small amount of alcohol. Okay, so how can we train ourselves to be more optimistic? We can try on a positive lens. That means literally making yourself look at the silver lining and telling yourself that you can shift your viewpoint. Yes, your brain is a muscle, just like your muscles are muscles. You go to the gym to train them, you can train your thoughts as well. But more importantly, oh, do we have to go to a break, by the way? Are we near the end? Okay, I'm going to tell you more when we come back. You are listening to the Dr. Wendy Wall Show. After one more segment, I'm going to be taking your calls for our Should I Stay or Should I Go segment. So if you're in a relationship, you want to talk to me about it anonymously, I won't tell anybody except a few people in their cars who might be listening. Uh, then you can give us a call. The number is 1-800-520-1534. That's 1-800-520-1KFI. We're going to open up the phone lines at 520, okay? You're listening to The Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. Welcome to the second hour of the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. Okay, after this segment is when I'm going to be taking your call. So get ready to dial. If you're in a relationship and would like uh, some drive-by makeshift relationship advice, uh, I will weigh in on whether you should stay or you should go. So after this segment at 520, we'll be taking your calls. The number is 1-800-520-1KFI. 1-800-520-1534. And in the meantime, let me finish up just a little bit talking about how we can have some learned optimism. I have two more things I want to say really quickly. One is take note of the company you keep. If you hang out with people who are negative, who are chronic complainers, who are gossipers, you will become them. We literally start to mimic the people we surround ourselves with. So it's really important that you move closer to people who are a little more optimistic, a little happier, a little smarter, better problem solvers. And the last thing that I want to mention is that being an optimist doesn't mean ignoring any negative thing going on in your life. You have to also acknowledge the negative, but understand that It's not going to consume you. You're not going to fall apart because of it. You say, huh, that was a pain in the butt. Huh, can't believe that happened. How am I going to fix that? It doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that the world is stacked up against you. It just means a challenge is here. And I feel quite confident that you can face that challenge. You don't have to be happy about it but you can face that challenge. All right, let us move on to relationship news. My forte, I love to read about the science of relationships, and I'm reading new studies all the time. Uh, you know my area of interest is attachment theory, the ways that people attach across the lifespan, and that we're all coming to the planet with our own DNA program to need a certain kind of attachment early in life, and it is through the responses of our early life caregivers that we form a kind of blueprint for love. Then we go out into our adult romantic world and find people who will be the puzzle piece that fits. Now, all very well and good. If you had loving, good parents who are completely attached to you, who made you feel good, uh, you have a secure attachment style and you'll likely be attracted to people who have a secure attachment style. However, 
If your early life was filled with longing or pain or neglect or criticism, believe it or not, unconsciously you will find people who will match that because that's familiar to you. Happiness might not be familiar. Somebody with a secure attachment style might make your skin crawl because you don't know what that is. And our brain is constantly, again, trying to solve puzzles and solve problems. So relationship science isn't just about attachment theory. It's also, and attachment sort of is part of this as well, it's evolutionary psychology. Why did we evolve to do what we do in relationships? Because you know what? We're wired for one thing, and that is to reproduce. I'll insert a tiny commercial here. If you have not listened to my fabulous podcast that I produce with Brooke Peterson called Mating Matters, wherever you get your podcasts, you can, any app where you get podcasts, type in the words Mating Matters, and it's all about the science of human mating strategy told through a lens of evolutionary psychology. That's the commercial. So um, let me tell you about two studies I read about this week. Uh, one, um, evolutionary psychologists wanted to see if women find signs of, they call it male sexual exploitability, meaning, oh, he's going to be easy to get in bed, flirtiness, booziness, or just being a dumb, immature guy. Uh, and whether women found this attractive and how to spot them. So what they did is they took 151 young heterosexual and bisexual female students in the United States. It's always university students who do this. And they were asked to rate 110 photos on men about how attractive they were. And they were given some little details about them, like, um, you know, they were uh, shy or young or sleepy. Oh, they're drunk in that picture. Or they're immature or they're reckless. And they asked them to rate whether they would like them for a short-term relationship, we call that hookup, casual sex, or a long-term relationship. And what they found is that if indeed, well, first of all, they found out that women could always identify if a guy was going to be easy. It was no problem, right? But unlike men, this is important here, unlike men, women did not find these cues attractive. If a guy is easy to get in bed, Women are like, nope, not interested at all. Think about it. A man can technically have a baby every single day. If he's lucky enough to find an ovulating woman every single day of his life, a woman can only have a baby once a year. And often she's stuck with the burden of 18 years of parenthood. We know you are involved dads today, you modern dads. But in our anthropological past, there weren't as many as there are today. So as a result, women tend to be much more choosy in their sexual partners. Now, men, on the other hand, are less choosy. And there was another study I read this week about beer goggles. You know that joke we always make, that if a guy wears beer goggles, more women are attractive to him. Yes, they spend money on these studies when we know, we've been in bars, we understand, women all know, that you're not supposed to be the girl left at the bar when they call for last call. Don't you know that? Even Cinderella knew to get to her wagon by the by midnight, the stroke of midnight. Get out of the club, ladies. Okay. Sorry, I think it was a carriage. Carriage wagon. What, what was it? It was a pumpkin. Wagon. Pumpkin pulled by mice. That's what it was. Whatever works. You know, just gotta get out. Just get out. She had to get out by midnight because she knew not to be the last girl at the club tweaking because she would have twerking because she would have a lot of guys around. Right. <laughs> 
Not the last girl twerking. Not the last girl twerking in the club. It's not the person to be, Layla. (laughs) Oh, I'm not that person. You know, every every Well, first of all, at this age, I got to be out by like 1230 because I'm falling asleep in the corner. (laughs) There's no twerking. (laughs) That's good. You know, whenever the Spectrum person comes to my house, Spectrum television to set up my Wi-Fi or whatever, I guess my teenage, back, she's college senior now, but when she was a teenager, she set up our Wi-Fi password. And our Wi-Fi password in our house is twerk team. And every time the guy's like, what is it? I'm like, twerk team, don't ask. (laughs) That's awesome. Great. Okay. So on the beer goggle study, they took 120 participants, men, and made some of them drunk and left some of them sober. And they were told them to look at a letter T on a computer screen and determine if the T was the correct way up sideways or upside down. And they were told to ignore a series of faces that were shown that flashed on the sides of the screen, you know, like ads that show up on your websites, right? And they were supposed to ignore, but then they had like a monitor monitoring their eyes to see when their eyes would dart over to see a pretty face or not. Sure enough, when the guys were not drunk, they only dashed over if the girl was hot. Huh. But when they were drunk, their eyes looked at every girl that showed up. (laughs) So don't be the girl twerking. At the end in the nightclub, because every guy will be interested. Unless you just want sperm. I mean, if you, if you want that, it's there, it's in the club, but you should be careful. All right, ladies, be careful. We know. Safe sex, all that kind of stuff. Also, there's new research to show that our eggs are not the only issue when it comes to um, birth defects or whatever. We're learning a lot about drunk guys and their sperm, so stay away. Sober them up. All right, when we come back, we're going to start to talk about your relationship. Are you in a relationship and you're wondering... Should I stay or should I go? And on this commercial break, producer Brooke will be taking your calls and um, we'll come to you after this. Also, Layla, a little bird told me that you might have a story for me. I got stories for days. Oh my God, I can't wait. (laughs) All right, give us a call right now. 1-800-520-1KFI. That's 1-800-520-1534. You are listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is our Should I Stay or Should I Go segment. And you guys are shy. So pick up the phone. 1-800-520-1KFI. That's 1-800-520-1534. And, you know, sometimes your relationship has a few more cold pricklies than warm fuzzies. Sometimes it's about 50-50. Sometimes you're not looking at the whole big picture. So if you'd like me to weigh in, I'd be happy to. Uh, Layla, you have a story for me. I, I have many stories. <laughs> you know, so, so here's the thing. Like, I've, I've had friends who've complained like, oh, it's Valentine's Day and, you know, I'm not getting um, enough love or, or feeling special for my significant other. I say it's important to go ahead and speak on that early on. If Valentine's Day is your favorite day of the year, then tell that person. Yeah. So they know what to expect oh, you, instead of complaining about it. Right. You do not ever want your partner to be a mind reader. You know, I have a friend. So she, other than like, even with birthdays, Christmas, she tells her husband and she told him this early on and he listened. But my friend Hillary, she told her husband, I love Valentine's Day. It is literally like her personal birthday, holiday, whatever. And that's when he showers her with gifts. Um, but I have someone else in my life who I know who's going through a divorce right now and they get really sad 
uh, around Valentine's Day. But I told that person, you never even established that during your marriage, that that was your favorite day. Yeah, but you know what the day is? The day is a big cultural reminder for some people who believe in that, Mm -hmm. that being single is being lonely. I don't believe that. I've been single, Dr. Wendy, for like seven years. Well, I will say this, Layla, (laughs) I bet you you're not single. And what I mean by that is every human needs to have secure attachment to survive. Now, back in our anthropological past, when we lived, you know, in small little encampments of 30 to 35 family members, and then we developed romantic relationships as bridges between tribes, uh, we had all these secure attachments. Now we live in these big urban centers, but I bet even in your single life, if you had a hospital visit, an emergency room visit, there are three people at the tip of your that you could call in a heartbeat mm-hmm. and they would be there for you, right? Absolutely. Yes. I bet you there's at least one who yes. will even drive you to the airport. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. That's huge, right? right? So these are people who have, and some people have secure attachments now with animals, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I want to talk more about this when we come back, but we do have a caller now. Uh, let's go to Keith. Hi, Keith. It's Dr. Wendy. Hi, Keith. Are you there? What am I doing? Am I supposed to hit a button? Am I doing something tech that I'm not supposed to? Uh huh. It's, it's red. How do I make it go green? Hi, Kate. Keith. It's Dr. Wendy. I can't hear him. Should I be able to hear him? Oh, tech problems. Tech problems. Okay, so I can see Brooke and Eric trying to hit buttons and figure it out, but I do not hear anything but me, and that's really not fun. <laughs> oh, Keith, I know you're there. They tell me you're on air. And you're saying stuff, but it's not coming into my headset. Okay, well, they're working on that. You know, about oh, a year is... ago, this person became twice the horror that that. Can I interrupt you, Keith? Can you hear me? Was, you know, sort of taking out on me. You can't this, hear me. I, I'm in an, I would, I think it's clear to say I'm, I'm in a very emotionally, verbally abusive relationship. Keith, and can you hear me? And this person refuses to get help. Um, they constantly turn it on me, turn the screws on me, you know, if I call them on their I don't know what's going on there. I feel so bad because he's just like telling me his whole stuff about his abusive relationship and he can't hear me. Keith can't hear me. So it's like one or the other, Eric, right? Either he's going out on the air or I'm going out on the air, but you don't have both of us happening at the same time, right? All right. In the meantime, Layla, while they're trying to figure out the tech stuff, I'm so sorry, Keith, stay on the line. They'll figure it out. Um, Layla. Yes, ma'am, I'm here. So Mm -hmm. I I wanted to say something else about being single in modern times is that, you know, we we have this idea in our head that a nuclear family with one heterosexual male and one heterosexual female and two kids who are biologically related to both these people is the norm for human beings. Mm -hmm. But it's not right? Because it's a new invention and it's an invention that started with farming and went on into patriarchy. But the truth is, we're all meant to have multiple secure attachments. So people will say to me sometimes, well, you've been single for 15 years and I have never felt single for a moment because of my close relationship with my children. Like they literally sustain me. And Layla, do you know what I did for my Valentine's Day? What did you do? You're not going to believe it. It's the nicest Valentine's I've spent in years and years and years. Oh. So when you're a single mom and you're supporting everybody and paying for everybody, mm-hmm. uh, my 16-year-old just got her first job three weeks ago. Oh, that's exciting, though. And she took her first paycheck and planned a Valentine's date with me. 
That's because you raised her right. And paid for everything. That is amazing. I That's so sweet. I was Aww. so happy. That is very sweet. <laughs> it was. There was a little card at my breakfast table Aww. and everything. And then she took me to a movie. We saw Parasite and out Aww. to dinner. That was so thoughtful. It was great. And she probably was really excited that she could do that for you. Yeah. Like anyway, it made her feel great. We have to go to break. So if you'd like to call in, they're going to work on the tech problems. The number is 1-800-520-1KFI, 1-800-520-1534. This is the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. KFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you on KFI AM 640. It's my should or stay or should I go segment. And right now, if you could see me, I have fingers crossed with two hands because I'm hoping that we can hear our listener Keith this time and that we fixed our text problem. Tech problem. Oh, I hear you, Keith. Do you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, we solved the problem. First of all, my apologies. I know that you were sharing something so personal and you could not hear me and I felt so bad. So in a nutshell, it's okay. tell me what's going on. All right. I'm going to try to con- make this short. Um, okay. So I was married for 17 years. Um, started off great. Um, as it went on, some, this person went into a dark, dark depression oh. and um, eventually became, began to become what I would consider con- clinically like emotionally abusive. Oh. Um, just shut down, would not respond to counseling, would not respond to anything. And just basically said, I don't even want to want to try and walked out on the marriage with two kids. And, oh, I'm and so um, sorry. you know, so I went through about four years of therapy mm-hmm. and Good. examined my own codependency on saving people and rescuing people and looking for signs. And I met a great person and some signs started coming back up with this person. But many of my mentors and people around me began to say, you're just afraid. You're projecting. You're afraid you're going to get in another bad marriage. You're afraid that. You know, you're going to make the same mistakes again, and this person's not like your ex, and these signs are just, you know, they've been a single mom, and they've never been married before, and they got to drop the sword. You know, they got to kind of, you know, let you in a little However, bit. However, I will say taking- that people outside of a relationship <laughs> are not on the pillow with you two. They don't know about your right. intimate life, right. right? And if your body is having a reaction, then I would say not to ignore that, first of all, but continue. Right. So um, we eventually went through um, a little counseling to see if it was communication, and we learned imago therapy from um, Harville Hendricks and, you know, a lot of great ideas and things, and, and we were doing well, and there were some problems, but we eventually worked through them. She was doing the work, and we got married about a year and a half ago. We're in our late 40s. Okay. 
And about six months into the marriage, the facade came down, and this person began to become a much more aggressive version of emotionally abusive person. Oh. Constant gaslighting, constant gaslighting, constant, um, you know, isolating from family, constant um, just just picking on you, bullying, um, and then acting completely normal around other people. And, you okay, know, Keith, just, I'm going to interrupt you and tell yeah. you there's only one answer here. Sure. First of all, I don't know why you're seeing. I think that, um, you know what, you've learned and you can recognize the signs. If she doesn't want yeah. to go into intensive couples therapy or individual therapy herself, you've got to move on. And what, why do you think you're staying? Well, the thing is, is she says she would like to go to couples therapy. Okay. But I know from the past experiences that what the other person did, and I don't mean to project, but I'm just telling you the truth, right? Mm-hmm. What the other person does is they cry. They make the other person think this is just two people who need to see their way back to the beginning and get along and, and they manipulate the situation. Well, a good and licensed so, therapist will be able to hear both your sides and be able to see through right. this because we're trained and, to know when it's a drama she, queen. Yeah. 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 I, I she think, keeps saying, I'm going to get, I think you'll feel better. She doesn't. I think you'll feel better yeah. and she'll feel better if you do try a little bit of couples therapy. But I really think you're coming to tell me that you see the signs and you're ready to move on. So if I had to weigh in on this one, it's if it's really emotionally abusive, it's aggressive, it's reminding you of old relationships and old stuff from your past. You've learned to recognize it, and that's the big step. Thanks for calling, Keith. I'm sorry I had to rush, but I wanted to get to John, who's next. Before I go to John, I just want to say one thing. There are a number of stages to emotional growth. Uh, Let's assume that your issue is a hole in the road. You walk down the street, you fall in the hole. That's stage one. That means you can't see the issues, the people that you're choosing in relationships, your part and stuff. Then as you advance to the next level, you walk down the street, you see that hole, and you still fall in it. I would say that Keith is in that stage, right? Third stage is you see that hole, and this time you very carefully use different behaviors to walk around and avoid that hole. Except there's also a fourth stage. That's called just taking a different street. And that's how personal growth goes. All right. Having said that, John, it's Dr. Wendy. Okay. Hello. Hi. Hi. What's going on? Hi. Uh, Okay. So where do I leave off? Uh, I haven't heard anything yet. So just start now. Oh, I'm sorry. You sounded exactly like your screener or vice versa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, this is Dr. Wendy. You're on the air. Can yes. you briefly tell me what's going on? So, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of beginning to develop a relationship with this woman. Mm-hmm. And it's only started in October, okay. the beginning of October. So it's okay. only been a few months. Uh-huh. And it seemed to be going fairly good at first. Um, and it just, it's hard to tell if it seems like, uh, I'm more serious or more into it than the other person is, I guess. Okay. Let me ask you this. How old, how old, like the other how old are each of you? Forties. In the forties. Okay. And, yeah. um, and what are the signs that you think she's not so into it? Well, um, we were supposed to go to a concert last week. Mm-hmm. And I made arrangements to request tickets mm-hmm. a month ago, yep. over a month ago, like during the holidays. Yep. 
and I didn't get notification that she is still at work, late at work, until like 5 p.m. the day of. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty big sign. She's trying to, like, send you a message. But I do want to say one thing. Don't just walk away. Because intimacy okay. intimacy grows by people commenting on what they see. Not in an angry way. You make a nice communication sandwich that starts with a layer of love. So you say to her, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I'm, I really have enjoyed getting closer to you. And then you throw in a layer of something harder to chew on. Uh, but when you canceled so late... I kind of felt disrespected and like maybe you weren't into it. Uh, And then you follow up with another layer of love. I really would like to continue to work on this. I think you're a great person, um, but I'd like to know where you stand. And just saying it, just communicating, because people are like communicating in smoke signals, right? They're trying to figure out what each other are experiencing. Mm, Yeah. So I think you got to be brave and have the conversation in just a loving way, not like you did this, you did that. More like I felt a little this, uh, you know, and just stay on your own feelings. Um, I don't think it's over yet, John, okay. but I think that now that you're past the hot and heavy stage, now you need to start to grow the better communication skills and the better emotional intimacy. Thank you so much for calling, John. I really appreciate it. So relationships are always tricky and stickly. And I do want to say that a lot of these modern day new dating relationships that begin on dating apps where there's so much choice of, you know, literally we suffer from what I call a paradox of choice, which means the more choice a human has, the less likely likely they are to make a choice and the less likely they are to value the choice they made because they think I can jump right back on that app and I can find somebody better. So it's really important that we go off all the apps That we take the time to just stop, focus on somebody, get to know them, not be afraid of what I call the prickly conversations, the ones about your own feelings, right? That's how you build love through intimacy. In fact, when we come back, I've got some hacks to help you and the person you're with feel closer. All these hacks are proven by science. You are listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Oh, help me, please, doctor. I'm damaged. There's a pain where there once was a heart. KFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. We are into the home stretch of the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. And I want to talk about your relationships. You know, just because you might be coupled up or maybe you're looking for somebody and you can learn a few tips on it, you got to remember that you can't go into autopilot. You know, you ever heard uh, the wife say to the husband, it's an old joke, uh, honey, you never tell me you love me. And he said, I did the day I married you. Why do I have to do it again? Right. And so there's this idea that we don't have to water our garden. But when we do water our garden, We need to remember to water the blossoms, not the weeds. Water what you want to grow. And if in your relationship you find yourself becoming nagging, critical, distant from each other, but yet you still love each other and you're going to stay together for the long run, there are a few things you can do to water that garden, proved by science to help you connect and stay connected. I'm going to go through a few of them. Some are obvious, duh, and some of them might be a little interesting, something you haven't tried before. Um, Number one, 
put away those darn electronics whenever you eat. I mean, I have to do it. I got teenagers at the table, right? They're so addicted to their phones that I'll get it off the table, but they still want it on their chair just in case. Isn't that crazy? Uh, So yeah, stop. Focus on your partner. Decide that for 20 or 30 minutes while you consume a meal that you can be off your tech and just connect with your children. I can't believe we have to say that. Okay. Um, Do a new workout together, even if it's going for a nightly walk after dinner. Maybe you want to try some stand-up paddleboarding or maybe something heavy-duty like CrossFit. But what happens is when you work out together and your bodies release all those endorphins, it can actually increase intense romantic feelings at the same time. And, you know, then you might even have a post-workout, you know, little slap and tickle, as I like to say. Um, also, speaking on that note, make out more. Remember when you first met? You were kissing all the time. You were holding hands all the time. And after a while, people stopped doing that. But did you know that your lips are 200 times more sensitive than your fingers? So don't skimp on the kisses, everybody. On the same note, cuddle every day. There's lots of research on this. When you give somebody a hug, if you want to stay connected and attached to them, you have to hug for at least 20 seconds to release enough dopamine. And you'll get a boatload of oxytocin, which is, you know, the cuddle hormone, the feel-good hormone, the bonding hormone. The only other time our bodies emit so much oxytocin is when we're breastfeeding so we can bond with our babies. But you can do it with your partner. And honestly, if you're hugging more often, If you're kissing more often, if you're touching more often, it doesn't mean you have to have sex. It just means you need to stay connected. Because what happens is some people are like, oh, no, if I go there, then I have to go all the way and I don't really want to and I don't feel like it. No, no, no. It can be, this is a smorgasbord of physical touch that can happen in a relationship. Here's one of the ones I love to tell people about. When something embarrassing happens to you, make sure you immediately recount it to your partner. Because when you're chatting about the silly things, like if you fell down the stairs last week, (laughs) like I did, um, it's not only funny and you have a partner in crime to giggle with, but it also helps you reach a level of vulnerability together. If you've never done it, you might want to consider taking those, uh, the New York Times 36 questions to fall in love. Google it, you'll find it. But they're designed to increase vulnerability, increase emotional intimacy, and just help you feel closer. Here. Here's a good one. Write notes to each other. No, don't text. Don't type. Take a pen and a paper. Yeah, put the little heart over the eye and all those, draw the silly little drawings around it. You know, I have to think about it. I still have letters and cards that people wrote to me decades and decades ago. They're so important to me that their hand wrote it. So instead of just texting, you know, Hi, honey. Bye, honey. I left early. Uh, Take the meat out. Uh, Have a great day. Whatever. Just write a note. Just scribble it. Um, What they found is that couples who, uh, they being a study of, uh, by researchers at Kent State University, found that couples who exchanged letters and notes reported higher overhaul happiness and satisfaction, and they were able to reach a level of emotion that wasn't available to them when they're talking. Remember, a lot of American men have what we call normative male alexithymia, an inability, alexithymia, an inability to connect feelings with words. So sometimes they can write them down. Also go outside together, go in nature, get a little green therapy. And finally, and the most important, compliment each other regularly. 
catch them being good every day. Because when you value your, par- your partner, you will stay together longer and you will report more feelings of happiness. So when you're saying something nice to them, like, thanks for doing that, honey. That was so great. Oh, you're right. You know what you're really doing is you're reminding your own brain why you're there and you're increasing your, their value in your eyes. So please, if you do only one thing this week, every day, catch your partner being good and make sure you compliment them. And that brings, I'm sad to say, the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show to a close. Uh, you can always find this show, if you miss part of it, on the iHeartRadio app under Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. And I also have my fabulous podcast called Mating Matters that looks at human mating strategy through a lens of evolutionary psychology. So you can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts. Otherwise, I'm here at KFI live, 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 live every Sunday from 4 to 6. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful, loving President's Day. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.